Good afternoon, everybody. How are you doing? This is Matt. I'm here with my buddy Dave. Uh, I'm excited. We got a win today, our first win of the season. We're here to talk about that. Um, it's also Jay Bruce, the new new first baseman. It's his birthday. Happy birthday, Jay. Um, I don't like people calling you the old guy because we were born the same year. So let's let's stop it with that. He's got a lot of life left. Um, Dave, how are you doing? Man, I am doing great. Uh, today in the studio is Mark. Mark, what you, what's up, man? How are you doing today? Yo, I'm good, man. It's good to be back. I've been down in uh, Rhode Island with my nephew checking out schools. Hell yeah. So I'm um, happy to be back home in New Hampshire and back on the show for sure. All right. Well, it's it's good to have you. I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're safe from your travels. So let's go ahead and uh, talk about what we're going to talk about on the show today. Uh, first, we're going to go down on the game rundown. We're going to make sure that we break the game down so you guys can know exactly what happened inning by inning. We're going to also take a look at how everybody did. Um, if there was any guys that really stood out to us, and I promise you there was because we're Yankee diehards. So we have a ton of stuff to talk about how these guys played today. Also, <clears throat> we're going to talk about the state of the empire and what's been going on with the Yanks now and in the last decade and beyond. So we're going to break down some of the great things that have been happening with the Yankees. And I'm really excited about this. This is something that Matt's put together, and I'm really, really stoked about it. And then the last thing we're going to get into is we're going to have a short uh, preview of tomorrow's game. Again, it's against the um, um, Blue Jays. So... We probably are going to see a lot of the same guys that we just saw, but of course there's going to be a new pitcher, so we're going to be able to break into that and figure out what's going on. So, Matt, how do you feel about the way the game went today? Uh, I feel great. Um, I was really excited to see Corey Kluber in his first start with the Yankees and really his first start of uh, what he hopes to be a, a comeback to return to form to what he was a few years ago, which was an incredible pitcher. Um, he didn't go deep into the game, which is fine. The truth is a lot of the pitchers are going to be used sparingly this year because uh, nobody, nobody pitched a whole ton last year. And you kind of have to warm up to that. So spring training was good, but uh, pitchers are probably not going to be going too deep into games um, at least until a little bit further down in the season once they're warmed up. But uh, I really like what I saw from Corey Kluber. Um, he looked he looked sharp. He went into the he was in the fifth inning and got pulled um, after he gave up a home run. But that was his only earned run that he gave up, and he he didn't get in line for the win. Um, if I remember correctly, but he pitched really good. He saw, I saw everything that I really wanted to see out of him. Um, he had good control. He wasn't perfect, um, but he had really good control. Uh, the first guy at, at bat, um, he reached base, but Torres had a really nice sliding stop. It's good to see Glaber do that from the shortstop position because, like I, I mentioned before, people kind of question his ability there. Um, and he showed he showed really good stuff. Prevented a, an extra base hit. Um, that was uh, Simeon, as we as we like to call him. Then he steals second, and uh, this is Gary got a chance right away to uh, try try to catch a runner stealing. Um, the throw was really good. It looked like there was just a split second hesitation on his pop time from where he grabbed it 
and threw it a little bit slower than normal. He's normally one of the top in the league. They call that pop time um, for a catcher between when the ball hits his mitt and when it leaves his hand throwing to try to catch somebody out. Um, he's normally really good at that. I'll have to watch it again, but it seemed like he was just a, a half a second short on that. But that's something he's normally good at, so I'm not worried about that. Um, then we had another amazing play. This was even better. Urshela at third um, gets a double double play. Um, he, he runs in. It came in towards the shortstop, so he had to run inside, um, grabbed it, had a nice throw, turned it around, uh, got the second out it was it was nice um just like just what we're used to from Urshel honestly at third base he does that stuff all the time and we love to see it um let's see last batter Teoscar Hernandez who killed us in uh game one with that homer especially works to a, a full count and then uh Kluber throws a really nice uh really nice curveball um that that caught Teoscar swinging he uh what I like about Kluber is as I uh mentioned he doesn't rely on overpowering people with speed um he throws I think the yeah in the in that last at bat he threw six pitches and the fastest one he threw was 90 on the dot he didn't even go into the 90s but he has uh if he can if he can hit his locations 90 is plenty and those 82 mile an hour curveballs are almost impossible to hit if he places them right. And that's exactly what he did. Um, got Teoscar out. Uh, I took a long time on the top. So, Dave, you want to run over what happened uh, in the bottom of the first for us? Yeah, man. But before I do that, sure. I want to break down Corey Kluber uh, real quickly here. Is before the game, I noticed that he ha is 3 and 1 at Yankee Stadium with a 2.25 ERA. Uh, his entire career at Yankee Stadium. Um, today, he pitched, uh, guess what, a 2.25 ERA. <laughs> this is exactly what we're hoping that we see from him. Um, it, it's He's Mr. Consistent. Um, we've been saying this you know, since we started this, that Corey Kluber is one of those guys that if he can come out there and pitch like this on a nightly basis, we only need him for five or six innings. He doesn't need to go deep. Our bullpen is designed to step up. So these guys only have to go five, six innings deep so we can really uh, save their arms for their later part of the season. So that's something definitely to keep an eye on. Um, I'm really, really stoked about the way that Corey Kluber is pitching. And, you know, Matt, I'm just going to let you finish the bottom sure. of the first because this is this is you're doing a good job here for <laughs> sure. All right. We didn't get much done in the bottom of the first um, DJ leading off popped out uh, just a couple pitches in uh, Judge. Did get a single, then Hicks struck out, and Stanton, who was 0 for 5 on opening day, which is with uh, three strikeouts, which is not not good. That was a bad outing. Um, we really wanted him to reach base at the very least, so he uh, he got a walk, which is good. He held off on some pitches. Um, then Torres came up with, uh, but there was two out. There was two on, but there was two out. Uh, ends up with a pop fly. To end the inning. And then we're getting to the top of the second inning. Uh, again, Corey Kluber is up to pitch. Uh, he continues doing some great things. He hit um, hit with the batter on the second pitch. That's not something that we want to see, but in the same sense is if he's going to hit anybody in their lineup, uh, Gary L. Jr. is definitely the guy that we want to see him hit because, you know, I mean, 
He has didn't the most potential hit, of going deep. Didn't Kluber hit Vlad? I think Kluber hit Vlad. Vlad was the first one oh. up in the top of the second. Yes, you're right. I am so sorry. Yep, yep, you're That's right. That's cool. Uh, um, it was nice because, I mean, you don't want to see him get hit, uh, and you don't want to give up a base runner, but uh, the the batters, especially power guys like uh, Vlad, will try to crowd the plate so that they can reach further. If there's an outside pitch, they can have they can still barrel it. Um, so he was getting, getting pretty close trying to own the zone and Kluber, I don't think he intended to hit him. He just intended to move him off the plate a little bit, ended up hitting him. So Vlad took first, didn't have to do anything for it except take a pitch. Yeah. And, and we pitched like this to him all night. Uh, we would try to hit the inside corners, um, inside middle as much as we could to make it more difficult for his swing. Um, but this was something, you know, again, you can't get upset with Corey Kluber for anything like this. Uh, yes, he put the first guy on base, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, you don't walk, you don't hit a, um, a batter, the first guy. You just don't do that. Um, but the, what, it worked out for us because Gary L. Jr. stepped up and grounded into a double play to shortstop. Exactly. That was a big, big play right there. We were able to get everybody off the bases, and then we had um, uh, Corey Kluber shut down the inning um, on a strikeout to get to the bottom of the second. Um, this was a great job by our pitching staff and our uh, coaching uh, pitching staff because they were able to recognize where to go at um, batters. And if you look at the way that these guys, uh, Corey Kluber, went at the the batters in the second and in the first inning, mm-hmm. it's very it's very similar. He he's hitting those corners that he wants to hit, and you can tell his commands there. And that is something that's really, really exciting to see. Yeah, I kind of expected to see uh, a transition period, him having to warm up, him missing spots fairly often, and and having to correct um, that strikeout in the bottom of the or the top of the second um, on Rowdy Telez was was sweet. He got into I threw a couple balls. Uh, Rowdy didn't bite, so he's got a, he's down on the count 2-0. Uh, then he throws two really sick, perfect curveballs. Go right by him. Tellez doesn't swing. They they go in the zone. Two called strikes. Um, then he comes in with the fastball, which he doesn't throw that much. Rowdy fouled them both off um, to keep the keep the at bat alive, but uh, keep the at bat alive. But then uh, Kluber throws another perfect curve, and uh, Tellez goes down looking. I think. And if yes, you're right. And if you look at the placement of the pitches, they're down and to the right. Uh, that was just great. And, and the curve that he's throwing is 81 to 80 miles an hour. I mean, that is a filthy, filthy pitch. Exactly. I mean, going down going down in the corners, like this is crazy. Like these guys are going to have a serious time hitting this ball. It's something you want to see. All right, so starting the bottom of the second, uh, the old man for the Yankees, Jay Bruce, steps up and he swings. <laughs> Strikes out swinging. I'm sorry, Matt. I shouldn't call him the old <laughs> no, man because I know he's the older. same age as you are. You're older. <laughs> All right. And then we had Sanchez. He grounded out to shortstop. Uh, you know, this is something that we don't necessarily want to see, especially on the first pitch. Uh, but we're going to be talking about Sanchez more uh, this afternoon. Um, Urshela, single to center. Uh, this was a great bat uh, job by Urshela. He was able to. Uh, you know, just keep the count even at two and two, and then he was able to single off the fifth pitch. Big job uh, by him. Excuse me. And then we had uh, Frazier. He doubled to left. Urshela was able to get to third. Again, a great job by base runners. Uh, 
Frazier hit the ball so hard. It didn't even give uh, it didn't give Frazier an opportunity to run exactly. because you know how aggressive he is. He would have ran if he thought he had a I chance. Have, I had I had that, that noted too. Sometimes hitting it hard is a disadvantage because it just gets the ball in the opponent's hands that much faster and they can do something with it. But you don't ever want to stop swinging hard. That We'll take that. Exactly. And then, of course, our Mr. Faithful, uh, DJ LeMay, who finally steps up and gets the, his hit with All runners right. in scoring position that we really needed. That was a really big at-bat. Uh, he got the third pitch uh, down and you know, I think he just turned was able to get there. Like uh, to me, it was a perfect hit. We weren't able to get two runs off of it. Urshela was only able to get two. Uh, or Fraser was only able. Yeah, Fraser just got to first. Yeah, yeah. Fraser was only able to get to third. Yeah, third. And that you know, again, that's okay. He, we're being smart right here, and I think that's a good thing, um, especially with what happened yesterday with Talkman trying to run home and steal that win over there. We, yep. we were trying to be aggressive, but we're trying to be smart about it. That was good. Um, so now we're up 1-0. to zero. Judd steps up with, uh, again, a runner at third, and he had LeMahieu at first, and Judge grounded out to shortstop. Uh, that was unfortunate, but you know we're, we're not going to see Judge be doing this all the time, and this is something that we just got to sit back and relax and wait until his swing comes. Yeah, uh, these power hitters do that. They're willing to they're willing to keep swinging even though it'll mean um, some easier outs. Uh, it's worth it if you can get uh, if you can get a home run or an extra base hit uh, any decent percentage of the time. It's worth it. So uh, we're going to the bottom of the uh, where are we at? We're at the top of the third. Sorry, um, Kluber still on point. Uh, they were talking about his pitch, how he doesn't like to call them a curve or a slider or a slurve, which people use now. Um, he just like prefers it be called a breaking ball because really they're not they're not set. He has the entire range between a curve and a slider, and he can throw it anywhere in any position on the plate, um, depending on who's up to bat. So I like that he likes to group them all together because he's confident that he can do you know, whatever needs to be done, he can form the pitch to uh, to accommodate the batter. And he did that in the top of the third. Um, freezes Gritchick on, on a strike three. He, he couldn't hold up. He started to swing. Um, noticed it was just out of the zone, but he couldn't hold up. So that was a nice strikeout. He walked the next two guys. Um, they didn't bite on his outside pitches. and then uh, But then he was able to strike out. Cabin Biggio and Bo Bichette. So he ended up with three strikeouts in the top of the third. Nice. Bottom of the third. Didn't get much going. Uh, Hicks struck out. Real quick, like, sure. like throwing throwing that in there, um, just talking about um, Kluber's last strikeout here. You know, when when your catcher or your infield, they make an error, um, usually the, the pitcher gets a little rattled. But you're seeing the veteran um, player in Kluber being able to settle down and recognized it was just a mistake. He came out there and pitched, um, you know, five pitches. But the last pitch that he pitched to Bichette was a sinker, and it was at 90 miles an hour. It was perfect. Um, it's right where he had issues, um, you know, going at. And man, I got excited about this pitch. Uh, the sinker that went, it was almost like it was a curve, and then it just, whoosh, and it was just a sick, sick pitch. 
That's right. I skipped something. Uh, apologize. When uh, Biggio was up, he got called out on strikes. Um, but uh, there was an error on the play. Jansen ends up scoring in the runner's advance. Um, so that was uh, that that that's not counted against Kluber as an earned run because of the uh, because of the error. So it's still a run scored. That doesn't matter. Um, but as far as what Kluber is responsible for in the statistics, he doesn't get a run against him on that on that. But uh, then we uh, at that point that tied it up one to one. So bottom of the third, didn't get anything going. Hicks struck out. Stanton popped out. Uh, Glaber got a hit. Always nice to see. And then uh, Bruce with a strikeout. Birthday boy down again. All right. And you know, Matt, uh, I, I just I feel bad that the old man on the Yankees is the same age <laughs> as you. I mean, I don't even know what to say about it's that. It's crazy, Ben. Just, like over the years, it feels strange. Over the past like five years, noticing even longer than that, like to talk about 29 year olds in the NFL, how they're wondering if there's anything left in the tank, like shit. Exactly, man. Exactly. All right. Let's go ahead and get to the top of the fourth. Um, this is a really good job by Kluber. There was a, some unfortunate things that happened and he actually loaded the bases in this inning, uh, but he was able to get out of it. Uh, just an unbelievable job by him to be able to do that. So let's go ahead and break down what happened here. Um, Hernandez grounded out to shortstop, which is awesome. He was able to do that on two pitches. Uh, then they uh, they got a single uh, right off of the first pitch off of Corey Kluber there. Uh, and then the batter went definitely deep in the, the count and was able to get uh, a really good at-bat against Kluber. Um, he was able to get on and singled well. They, they had a guy at this point now at third and at uh, first. And then we were able to get a fly out. So now we have two outs. They have a guy on the corner. They have guys on the corners. And then we were we walked. Now, this walk right here, I watched the way that it went down. He really, really tried not to pitch to him. Like he kept on going around him. That's when I just started recognizing. And I had to go back and I had to rewatch the entire segment of what he did. He literally picked the guys that he wanted to go against. The rest of them, he made difficult pitches. And then he gets to um, Jansen, and he was able to get him off of the uh, first pitch. You know, batters, fielder's choice, uh, runner out. Boom. We're able to get out of the inning. They had two hits, one walk. They loaded the bases. But this is just a great job by Corey Kluber to settle down and pick the guys that he wanted to go up against when he knew he was getting tired and he didn't have much left in the tank. Exactly. That was one no. of the situations where you can see beyond the stat sheet. You think he allows a couple singles, walks a guy, loads the bases. It's like, well, he got out of a jam. Uh, he got himself into a hole but was able to salvage it. He, I kind of seemed more, when you were watching it, kind of seemed more like he had the whole thing planned out. Didn't really want to throw to certain people, like you said, especially when you got runners on the corners. Walking a guy is not a big deal because then you get the force out um at all all the bases instead of just home um or second i mean so yeah that was a good inning good inning despite the bases loaded great inning by kluber yeah this was really uh definitely uh, nice to see by these guys um cory kluber again you know matt and i and mark are just completely blown away and obsessed with the way that he could be one of the pitchers that we look at the end of the season and we like 
well, no wonder why we were able to win off of, uh, off of that. So getting into the bottom of the fourth, let's go ahead and talk about the, one of the great things that I continue to get stoked about, um, especially with, I have this uh, mentality of, you know, um, when you mess up in a game, and whether the error is your fault or not, when you mess up in a game, you have to learn how to step up, and then you have to rev up your engine, and then you have to make up for that, that mistake that was made. Uh, this is a perfect example. In the bottom of the fourth, Sanchez is the first person up. He had just made some you know silly mistakes before, prior. And listen, I, I don't necessarily think that they were silly, but I think that what happened was uh, he just rushed himself after he didn't get a chance to throw out the guy um, that stole second. And he just decided that he was going to rush himself. And that's okay. That's not a big deal. Um, but he was able to step up off of the sixth pitch. Uh, um, Stripling just left the ball hanging in the most deadly zone as far as it goes for Sanchez. And he just nailed it. It was uh, you know, left, left center, um, 365 feet. It was a great shot. Uh, the guy that was standing right there to catch the ball, like, I mean, it was like within a, a foot of him and he just watched the ball land and he was just so excited and cheering and he was looking for the ball, but he didn't even care about finding the ball. He was just excited that he was able to watch the ball land really close to him. What, you know, what a home run, what an awesome job by Sanchez. And now we were up two to one with nobody out. And then we had Urshela struck out um, looking. Um, he was able to get uh, a, a lot of pitches. He saw a lot of pitches there, which is great. He saw six before he got out. Uh, Frazier walked off, this, off the seventh pitch. pitch. Uh, LeMahieu singled and uh, moved Frazier to second. Um, Judge singled to center. LeMahieu to second, Frazier to third. Now we have the bases loaded. We just turned the script on them. Um, I started getting excited because, you know, this is the Yankees. This is what we, we love to see, especially when we have Hicks coming in the game. And Hicks reached on an infield single to second. Uh, Frazier scored. Judge to second. LeMahieu to third. Again, this is a great job. I just got really excited at this point. We're up three to one. I knew that this was a great job to see what our guys were going to do. And then Stanton um, stepped up and he fouled um, out to the catcher, which is, again, he's still figuring out his swing. And then Torres was struck out. We had four hits, and we were able to score two runs, and we led the game three to one at this point. Yeah, we almost we almost could have got more just by the the ball placement of the hits. Turned out that the our runners had to hesitate just to make sure that um, balls weren't going to be caught, and they had to stay at their base. So, um, it with a little bit of chance, we could have scored more than one, but that gives us a lead. It was a great inning by us. Um, we love to see it. Which brings us to the top of the fifth. Kluber returns to the mound. Um, I guess he was good for four innings. Um, he allowed a leadoff home run to Mr. Seaman, uh, which is always sad. Yeah, Kluber, uh, Kluber stayed in the zone with Marcus. Um, didn't really throw anything outside. And I'm not, I mean, I think that was probably his plan for a reason. It's dissimilar to a lot of the other at-bats he was pitching. He normally was painting the corners. These were all kind of down the center. Um, I'm not sure if that was on purpose uh, or if he didn't get as much movement as he was hoping. Yeah, so Marcus Simeon catches one, sends it out of the park, 
uh, to give them two runs. We still lead three to two. Uh, they pull Kluber at this point. They figured the homer was uh, a sign that maybe he needed a rest. Um, and like I said, they're not going to let the pitchers go too deep um, without having had a lot of time to work up to it. Uh, so Loisega, one of my favorite guys on the team, period, and an awesome relief pitcher in training, came from being a starter. I'm still kind of stuck on that. I, it, it would be cool if he ends up a starter in a couple years, but I'm going to appreciate what we've got right now with him coming off out of the bullpen. He came out and was incredible. He, he replaced Kluber, came back in, certainly a different approach than Kluber, a little bit more overpowering. Uh, right after he came in, uh, Cabin Biggio, he struck out swinging. Bo Bichette, he struck out swinging. And then he got uh, Hernandez to pop out to Aaron Hicks to end the top of the fifth. So great relief appearance so far by Loizaga. He's going to return next inning. Then in the bottom of the fifth, Jay Bruce is up once again, grounds out. Uh, unfortunately, he's still not gotten on base on his birthday, which is sad. Uh, Gary Sanchez comes out. He's looking to send another one out of the park. He hits it hard and high, uh, flies out to the right fielder. Urshela was able to get a single. Um, and uh, uh, Gio Urshela singled on a ground ball. Uh, Bo Bichette ends up with an error. He fumbles it, and uh, Gio is able to advance to second on the hit. So he gets a single and a stolen base. Or I don't know if it counts as a stolen base if there's an error. Uh, so he's on base. Clint Frazier's up with two out, one on. Uh, grounds out to the second baseman to end the fifth. All right. And then, like Matt said, we had LaVisica back up for pitching for the Yankees. Uh, man, he made quick work of these guys right here. Uh, really, what we have is we have the first guy uh, ground out. Uh, he grounded out on a changeup. This is just a great placement after he was going down and away. He came back to the middle and inside in the middle and just really gave this guy some serious issues right there. Uh, then he grounded out off the uh, got the guy to ground out off the uh, first pitch to second base. That was really cool to see. Uh, then uh, he had a full count going on um, and he put the batter away. And the guy struck out swinging, uh, swinging off of a changeup. He loves his changeup, especially yeah. when he was going against Tellez. He pitched uh, six pitches, and five of them were his changeup. Yep. That is a nasty pitch. I'm really excited to see what he can do with that in the long run. Yeah, and then he throws it. It was a ball, but he threw in a 96-mile-an-hour sinker right in the mix, too, to confuse him. Yeah, I liked his pick, pitch selection a lot. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. All right, then we have the bottom of the sixth. LeMahieu walked, Judge flied out to center, Hicks struck out swinging, and then we're sitting here and we're looking at two outs with Stanton coming up. And this is something that we've seen a lot with the Yankees in the last couple of years is I feel like they do great things when they have two outs. You know, it's just mm -hmm. things that happen when they have two outs. And I don't know if it's something with the coaching staff or I don't know if it's something that's just in the clubhouse or if it's just because... We're fucking Yankees, you know. We 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 come back and we bounce back, and it's something that to me is exciting. So we look at 
we look at Stanton um, stepping up. He was patient. He got a full count, three balls right away, and he just stayed. He, you know, strike looking. Uh, to me, that that strike was, whew, I mean, it was a good call. Like the the umpires did a great job tonight. But yeah. as as a Yankees fan, I was like, no, that's not a strike. Uh, but you know, he just he still didn't get rallied up. He sat back and he let the next pitch. Uh, um, come in and he fouled the ball off and then he was able to intimidate him enough where he threw a ball he was able to get walked Torres walked um, the next batter Torres walked and now we were sitting with the bases loaded and they decided to take out Meza and um, oh Meza came in for Chatwood and that was this um, opportunity for the birthday boy the old man to step up Yes. And do something great and do something that we all get excited about because, again, did something amazing when we had two outs. Bruce single to left. G.J. LeMahieu scored and Stanton scored. Torres was able to get to third. Now we're up 5-2 and two outs with Sanchez up. This was something I started getting excited about because I feel like sometimes we just get in bunches of hits and next thing you know is we're just destroying teams. Sanchez grounded out. But man, that was exciting. I was really excited about the way that Sanchez was able to take the two balls that he did in the middle before he grounded out. Uh, they were, you know, really great pitches, but he sat back and he just didn't hit, um, go for the ball. That was big to see. He's getting really patient and being very selective on the swings that he has. This is exactly what we want to see from Sanchez. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to get it done. That's okay. We scored two runs and had one hit. And, uh, I mean, now we're up 5-2. This was exactly what we needed to do going into the top of the seventh. Yeah, exactly. Walks will normally come back to bite a pitcher. They got some um, getting two runs in an inning with only one hit and not that not being a homer. That's pretty good. I, I really liked how they pitched to um, Stanton and Torres especially and how each one of them um, handled, handled the pitches. Um, and both got a walk. Stanton, it was completely different. Stanton was uh, thrown inside every time. Every, everyone except for the last ball that was down in the dirt was thrown inside trying to get him off the plate. Um, he did swing at one that was two inside, but the other three um, he let go, and there was only one in the zone, and he gave that a try. Uh, so that was a great at-bat. And then uh, they turned around and did the exact opposite with Glaber Torres. All of his were down and away. Um, so obviously they checked the scouting report and figured that uh, Stanton likes him down and away and Torres likes him closer inside, further up. So they totally switched their pitches around um, after the mound visit. Uh, that might have had something to do with it. But yeah, those two, those two at-bats just stood out to me um, as far as looking at the, uh, the pitch tracker on how different the approach was in facing each one of those. So they, I think, feel like they did the, the right job on the pitching end. We just, uh, our guys didn't bite on anything that wasn't over the plate. So that was a, it was a great inning for us. In the top of the seventh, Jonathan Loisega, who I'll remind you once again, pitched a great two innings. Um, and it's awesome to have a relief guy that you know can pitch more than one inning because um, he's been a starter in the past and he has some uh, he, he stretched out a little bit 
So uh, he gets replaced by Lucas Lutke. We're still working on that last name. Uh, something like that. But he's pretty good. He's a new guy to the organization. Uh, came in the offseason. So he starts uh, in the top of the seventh. Gets uh, Gritchick to fly out on the second pitch. Um, he did have two wild pitches right after that. So, uh, sorry, I said he flied out. Gritchick singled, got on base, and then Lutke threw two wild pitches, which allowed Gritchick to get to third. Um, so at this point, there's nobody out and a runner on third, which usually, more often than not, means they're going to score a run. Um, but then he gets Jansen to strike out swinging. Um, Simeon grounded out to Torres, and Gritchick was able to get to home from third on that. Um, we got one out, though, so we got two outs. Kevin Biggio grounded out um, to end the top of the inning. So aside from the two wild pitches, uh, Lutke was pretty good. Um, but, yeah, those will cost you when you let a guy go from first to third for free. That's going to cost you. Bottom of the seventh, Arshella struck out. Clint struck out. Um, they swap out their pitchers with, uh, I'm just going to call him Joel, because I don't know what the hell that last name is. Um, he came in and got DJ LeMahieu to line out. So at this point, we are at 5-2. to two. Uh, five to 3 apologies. They scored one in the top of the seventh. So we're still up two going into the eighth. All right, going into the eighth inning, like Matt said, we are up five to three. Um, we substitute Gardner into left field. This is something that we're going to see a lot, especially late in innings. It's not that Frazier is not a uh, good uh, defensive presence, but Gardner's a much better defensive presence, especially he's you know a veteran. We want to see the ball in his hands at late in games. So this is a substitute, especially um, the last two innings that we'll see a lot. Um, so we were able to get uh, the first. Uh, O'Day came in the um, the game at that point. Um, the first guy got a single, and that is something that you know again we don't like to see. Uh, but man, that that slider that O'Day throws, um, side armed, it's it's really really spectacular. Uh, that's going to be something we're going to see a lot of this year. Uh, I think that O'Day is going to be a perfect. Uh, um, you know, middle relief guy. He creates a lot of issues right now. He's in the eighth inning just because of the way the cookie crumbles right now. Um, but then we were able to get uh, uh, Hernandez single to center. Uh, so now they have two guys on with no outs. Um, this is, again, what we love about a veteran um, pitcher is he stepped up and uh, Grail uh, uh, flied out to left. Then they were able to line out to left. And then we switched pitchers. We brought in Green. Um, this is something that, again, Green is one of those guys that having him on our on our team and on our staff is huge. Uh, Green was pitching for the Yankees at that point, and we were able to get the next guy on strikeouts. So going into the bottom of the eighth, they got two hits, and we had uh, you know two guys on, but we were able to get out with no damage done. Uh, just a really good job by our, our pitching coaches in order to do that. All right. Now, is there anything you want to add, Matt or Mark? 
it's uh, it's nice, especially when the batters have had a chance to have uh, a few at bats against Kluber, which is more um, uh, location, not overpowering speed. Loizaga can throw at 97 um, at least, so he comes in with some heat. And then we go right back to O'Day, and after Loizaga's pitching, we get O'Day coming in, and his first two pitches are 77 miles an hour. So it's great to switch it up on the hitters because you get used to a certain timing when you're supposed to start your swing based on when you think the ball's going to get there. And switching it up makes it harder for them to get into a zone. I mean, Bichette single, but uh, it was a pretty good pretty good inning for O'Day and I like that like that switching up and then you bring Green in and he immediately goes to uh, 95 miles an hour so yeah man and I used to ask my uh, friend Adam and Brian who, who played baseball um, Brian played baseball at uh, Southern Nazarene University there in Oklahoma um, and I, I asked him uh, what was the most difficult thing that you faced as a batter and he would always tell me the same exact thing he's like when we would see a guy that could throw some serious heat and then they brought in a guy that his changeup was his dirtiest pitch. Right. Uh, it creates a serious, serious issue. Issue, and I love the fact that our coaching pitchers, our uh, uh, coaching staff, are thinking about these things in detail. Uh, they did it again today, and again, we're having Green pitch. Uh, the, really, the last four outs, he has a huge arm. This guy, when he's on, he's one of the best relievers in the game. So I, I love the fact that we're going to him early and often right now in the season. Um, this is something that's good to see. So going into the bottom of the eighth, uh, Judge was stru um, struck out swinging. Hicks walked. Stanton fly to center. Torres grounded out to shortstop. So no hits, no runs, and no errors. We just got on. Uh, one guy on, and that was it going into the top of the ninth. Top of the ninth where Green returns to the mound. Um, he's got one out so far in his relief effort. He's looking for an extended save opportunity uh, with, to get the four outs for the save. He strikes out the first batter. Um, they, pinch, uh, they pinch hit Joe Panic for Danny Jansen because Jansen hasn't been that great. Uh, but Panic pops out. Marcus Simeon pops out. Game over. Green gets the save. Yankees get the first win of the season. Couldn't be happier. Yeah, man. Uh, Chad Green only threw 16 pitches, got through four guys. That's huge. Uh, the last guy that he faced, Simeon, or, or we, as we like to call him, Seaman, uh, was able to pop out. This is huge off of the first pitch. I mean, this is something that is big, especially with trying to close out a game. Uh, you do not want to see guys that are going, stepping up and seeing seven, eight, nine pitches. Uh, he was able to get the last guy off of a pop, pop out to end the game, like Matt said. First one of the season, and I, I seriously, I was standing there clapping. I mean, like, what else do you want uh, right now? This is the most exciting baseball season that I've, I've seen. Maybe it's because the anticipation what what happened last year. Yep. Um, but, man, I cannot wait to see how this, this whole season um, pans out. Matt, speaking of this whole season how it's panned out, do you want to walk through some things uh, for me? You want to walk through uh, what something that we talked about, the state of the empire, what's been going on with the Yankees currently, what's been going on with the Yankees in the past decade, and what happened that we can learn from the Yankees' history? Yeah, uh, not only is everyone starved for baseball because of the shortened season last year, but the Yankees fans in particular 
are really anxious to get back to the World Series at least, hopefully get another win. The Yankees have dominated baseball in the history of baseball for the most part. Not so much the last few decades, but uh, in the center of the century, it was they dominated. They have currently 27, if you don't know, they have 27 World Series championships, which is the most by far. I think the next one is eight. I think St. Louis might have eight. I'll have to check that. But the Yankees are far and away um, the historical leaders. But the last decade, the, the 2010s, the Yankees did not appear in any World Series. Even though they got very close, they had some really good teams. They set the or they tied the streak for longest losing streak in the championship series. So they lost. They made it to the ALCS in 2010, 2012, 2017, and 2019. Obviously, everyone was really excited. Every one of those felt like our year. Um, 2010, we're bringing back the same team from 09. You think we can keep it rolling? And that was kind of a, the start of a drought for us. We've been good. It's not like uh, that section of the 90s when they were terrible. They've still been good. Uh, but we've had to change some philosophies. Brian Cashman is at the center of this. The Yankees used to be known for spending big far more than other teams. They they liked to get uh, they liked to get players who had been really good in their past, had a lot of power, especially, but were maybe at the tail end of their career after they'd already had a nice career somewhere else. But they still had the name and still demanded a certain amount of money. So the salary was inflated for a while with uh, with a little bit too old guys for for an up and coming team that is anxious to win a World Series. That wasn't working out. Cashman has shifted the philosophy greatly. We focus a lot more now on player development in our own system instead of drafting, developing for a year or two in single A, double A, and then trading the prospects for an aging star, which we, we did all too many times. We're keeping those players, we're standing firm, we're getting good deals, people like DJ LeMahieu, uh, obviously Stanton has a huge contract, but we didn't really give up anything to get him, and there was a lot of teams that would have paid that money to get him to come to their team. He hit 59 homers the, uh, the year before he came to the Yankees, I believe he won MVP that year. Aaron Judge, that was his, this was 2017. Aaron Judge came in, uh, took, the, uh, took the baseball world by storm, hit 52 home runs as a rookie, which I think was the first time that had been done. I know Pete Alonzo has done it since. But they had an incredible year. The last time the Yankees had two players returning who, were, who had hit 50 or more home runs the previous season was... Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris. So there was a lot of expectations for for Stanton and Judge both being in the lineup with all that power. Unfortunately, we've had a lot of injuries, especially in the short recent history. They uh, Before this season started, 
Stanton and Judge were both on the Yankees for a total of 222 games. The amount of games that they both started together was 33. So they basically missed five, six, like 85% of the games together. One, At least one of them or both of them have been out. So right now they're both healthy. Neither one has done much damage so far, but as long as they're healthy, uh, they've got they've got stuff in the bag that they'll pull out, and I'm optimistic about about their potential for sure. The uh, in 2019 seemed like we had a really good shot. We did have we, we just kept exceeding expectations. We set the record for the most players ever to spend time on the injured list. The active roster is only 25 players. We had, throughout the course of the season, there was 29 of our players that spent time on the injured list, which is insane. It's crazy that they did as well as they did, despite all that adversity. Um, they battled through it, and I think that year was what really solidified this team, this young group, as um, gave an indication to, to everyone watching that they're legit. They may not be ready quite yet, but they're on their way. It's a good team, and Cashman has been committed to keeping them together and adding more parts. Yeah, man, you're absolutely right. This is this is exciting stuff. Um, like you said, Cashman's been on this this with this organization for a long time. He knows what it means to be a Yankees fan as he grew up as one. Uh, this is somebody that you know, watching him grow up. Uh, through the last few years has been, uh, I say grow up through the last few years, really since, I, I mean, almost 30 years now, uh, we've watched him in this organization. And that's just ins insane to me. And I think it's 25. Um, I think he's been in the organization 25. If, I, if, I, if I'm not 100% sure, but I'm sure we'll find out this year because if it is 25, that's a pretty big milestone. Um, but it just makes me really proud to be, you know, Yankees fan watching what Cashman does, watching how he's, you know, moving out and moving the pieces around. Um, again, we're going to see throughout the season um, a lot of guys go on this injury, um, injury list. It's going to happen. You know, we're going to see a lot of them. I, I really hope we don't see 29 uh, throughout this time. But I do think because of the way that, you know, we play, I think the Yankees are, are much better about protecting their players. Uh, that is one thing that they, they're doing a really good job at right now. Um, looking at our injured list right now, we have a couple updates. Um, first thing is Luke Voigt. Um, Luke Voigt's uh, knee, he is expected to return sometime in May. Um, this is um, according to Aaron Boone and Marley Rivera. This is something that we, you know, Matt and I have said since day one is, you know, it's, he says it's on the 10-day IL. There's no way he's on the 10-day IL. <clears throat> this will be closer to 30 days, but... This is something that they're just going to do is they're just going to renew that 10 day every 10 days. So um, that will be interesting to see what there. Um, the big news of the day is Louis, um, Louis, Luis uh, Sevi, our one of our stud pitchers. He is progressing very good right now. He is starting to throw sliders from the mound as well as fastballs. This awesome. is exciting news. Uh, he's going to do this for a little while, and then he's um, probably going to pick it up to simulated games. Uh, from there, he'll probably get a couple starts in the minors before he comes back to make sure everything is intact and working well. This is big news for us. We hope to get him back uh, by mid-May, if not late May. This will be really great for our push. Um, also, Clark um, Schmidt, uh, one of our young um, pitching studs, he is uh, not even throwing right now. 
Um, they have still shut him down due to his elbow and swelling and soreness in his elbow. Uh, that is okay. We hope that he takes his time. He's on the 60-day IL. There is no rush. You know, just that's just one of those things with an elbow. You cannot rush back. Absolutely. Um, and then we have for our relief pitcher, um, this is uh, this is great news. Justin Wilson, um, he's one of those guys that I think that could have a, a major impact on this team. Um, you know, again, he's just a relief pitcher, but he has some really nasty pitches. Uh, Wilson's shoulder, he will be active prior to next weekend series against the Rays. And this is big for us because it's always big to get relief pitchers back uh, for in, from injury. Yeah, we don't have a ton of extra, so we'll be looking forward to him coming back as well as Schmidt. I'm really excited about Schmidt because he was on a nice trajectory in his start. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see his heat. All right, uh, before we wrap it up, let's go ahead. We're going to talk about uh, tomorrow's game a little bit, give you a preview, maybe talk about what we're watching for. Um, this game is going to feature TJ Zoich for the Jays. Um, they don't ever like to announce it. They finally did after today's game was over because they have, they have, they're pretty deep at starter, but they have a couple of their guys in the starting rotation, Robbie Ray and Nate Pearson are both out. So they're kind of having to patch things together. And even last year, they often used, uh, they call them openers. If a starter comes in and he's only planning on, they're only planning on playing him a couple of innings, they'll call that an opener. So the Jays have messed with that a lot. But TJ Zoic, young guy, is going to start tomorrow. Um, he hasn't done much in the majors yet. He came up from the minors uh, in 2019. He's only played a couple games in the majors, but he had a good, good minor league career, 350 innings and a 3.5 ERA. Uh, and he'll be facing off against Domingo Herman, who is currently in place uh, in the number three slot replacing Jamison Tyone or as the team calls him I read uh, so we don't have to worry about how to pronounce Ty Tyone or Talon uh, we can call him Jamo because that's what the team calls him it's just like the start of Jamison Tyone so Jamo it is yeah, and just giving you a breakdown of TJ, um, he, um, the pitcher for the Blue Jays tomorrow, um, he is known for being a ground ball machine. Um, what he's going to do is he's going to pitch to his um, strength, and he's going to try to get these guys to get you know make contact, but very weakly. He's very good at this. Um, this is going to be very interesting to see how he's able to do against the majors. And really, one of the the majors' best um, lineups as far as bats and the majors go. This is going to be exciting. Like Matt said, he's a young guy. Uh, there's not a lot of stuff on him except for he is a very very good pitcher at making you swing and you know barely touching the ball and getting guys out very quickly. So it'll be interesting to see how he does this against the Yankees tomorrow. I'm personally excited about it because whenever we pitch or go up against young pitchers, I feel like this team. Uh, really does a good job at wearing them down and getting them out of the games very quickly. So I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you for everybody to everybody for listening to uh, the Yankee Death Star. Um, it's been a, an incredible ride with you guys. Uh, for me, this is an exciting time to be able to uh, be here uh, talking to you guys. And before I go, I'm going to throw this. My name is Dave. I'm going to throw this over to Mark and if he has anything he wants to say. Yeah, man, I think you guys covered it, but you know, Kluber, I really felt like he got himself into a couple of jams, and 
was able just to to slow down his heart rate and take his time and that was impressive to see you um you love seeing the birthday boy come through you know with a couple of rbis so great to get a win um i'm pumped up about this team and the potential of this year and about you know being on this podcast with you guys so thanks for having me i really appreciate it if anybody has any questions or feedback uh, I can be contacted uh, on my Twitter. It's at Hertz Donut number one, just N O one. I'm uh, even though I'm a Yankees fan, I'm also a Philadelphia Eagles fan. And uh, Jalen Hurts boo, looks like he's gonna be boo. starting. Dave is a Giants fan, so <laughs> go Giants! <laughs> yeah, check me out and uh, check us out tomorrow for another episode, and hopefully it'll be after another win. All right, Matt. So listen, when you contact Matt, all right, this guy, he will take care of you. He is one of the smartest guys uh, we know as far as baseball goes. Uh, obviously, he can hold his own. If you've listened to him for this long, you can you notice what he's good at. So awesome job, Matt. Uh, really appreciate you. And I am super stoked again to be here with you guys. So thank you for listening to the Yankee Death Star.